0: of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. Big thank you and shout out to After Dark, the band. They are fantastic and you can find them on Spotify. If you loved the music in the 90s and they make you feel wholesome and happy, then you're going to love After Dark. They're such a great find. So I highly recommend going to uh, Spotify.com or whatever and looking for After Dark. They'll be the one with the trippy cover and the song Colors. Hello and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with Nicole C. Ayers and she is here to talk about loving our bodies. So how are you today, Nicole?
1: I am awesome. I am so excited to be here and talk about bodies and bliss and looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Me too, me too. I mean, as someone um, who I've struggled a lot with eating disorders and and then eating too, like not too much, but just struggled a lot with my body in lots of different ways. And so it's always exciting for me to talk to somebody who knows about that. So can you tell us a little bit um, first about about how you got into this field? Like, what is it that drew you to this field?
1: Yeah, it was my own healing journey. So I I call it like a slow awakening because it wasn't like a huge transformative one particular moment that I can say that was my moment. Right. It was just over about a five year period. Um, I just kept like noticing and waking up to, I really don't like my body and I really don't like, you know, I don't, at first it was, I don't like myself. And then it was, I don't actually like my body. That's what I don't like. And, um, you know, I mean, this is a narrative that we all are fed from birth. We're not, it is the norm to not like our bodies. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Can, like can I and,
1: and that also took me some time. I was like, oh, like, why don't I like my body? And I was like, oh, because I'm not supposed to. This is what I have been taught from so much media messaging. Um, this is what I've been taught from, you know, the systems in our world that like to control people by controlling their bodies. Um, this is what I've been taught by people who love me, right? Because they're swimming in the same toxic soup I am too. So I just always thought I wasn't supposed to like my body. It was always something to be fixed because it wasn't small enough or the right shape or my abilities weren't what I needed them to be, yeah, or, or
0: tanned enough or fair enough, or exactly. I mean, <laughs> it was
1: just like, you know, there's there's always something to be fixed and worked on, and it's never just right. Mm -hmm. And so when I like started to awaken to all of that, I was like, whoa, you know what? Oh, okay. So I'm treating myself horribly. I say mean things to myself all of the time. Um, And I'm doing that because that's just the way I thought it had to be. And I realized, you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. I could treat my body like my best friend, right? Mm -hmm. This body is my lifelong companion. She is going to be with me till the very end so I needed to make peace with her
0: well and one thing that's oh sorry I was just I was just gonna say one thing that I think that's really cool about the way that you talk about it um from you know just like even just our conversation earlier just very simple is that it extends far beyond like your relationship with your body like we're we're taught very much I believe that our relationship with our body is primarily like about looks And then, and then secondarily about impressive things we can do with it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of the amazing functions that it, that it has for us just get ignored. Like those aren't important unless they go wrong and then they go wrong and you need to be embarrassed about that too. Yep. Um, (laughs) You know, and, and that's super interesting because I, I really appreciate the holistic approach where, where it's like not not really about how it looks like that might be you know third fo- like tertiary or fourth tertiary. Um, I know you're a linguist so. <laughs> no I know
1: that's a good word I like it, I like it.
0: Um, so so before before I ask you more about that though because I, I you said something that really uh, piqued my interest and that was you said the systems that are meant to control us and uh, via our bodies um, or something similar to that same sentiment. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually going to ask you, I had it planned to ask Ooh. you what, uh, and that's rare. <laughs> I don't usually plan my questions. Um, I had planned to ask you, what What do you think is gained from the narrative? Because there's a lot of these narratives where we're kind of um, taught things. And I think that a lot of the stuff that we've been taught is, is, much older than anyone alive today, you know. It started a very long time ago, and it's sort of a self-perpetuating system. But, but a lot of them, you can kind of see, like, oh, that comes down to money, you know. Outside of, outside of maybe advertising, because you know, obviously, the best way to advertise is to to convince people they're lacking something. But outside of advertising, um, what what's gained? What's gained from the the hatred? Of ourselves.
1: It keeps us really small. So if I am spending inordinate amounts of my time and my energy and my money to fixate on how I look or how I look while I'm doing things, then I don't have that time, energy, or money to really devote myself to the things that really are important to me that really, I mean, it's not to say like, that's not to say people aren't out there doing things that are important to them, but when so much of your headspace is taken up with how, you know, objectifying yourself and how do I look in this moment, Mm -hmm. you aren't giving your, your, all your potential to whatever life-changing earth-shaking thing can make a real big difference in this world. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That makes Um, sense. And so it's a way to control us right? If, if I'm always like, you know, looking sort of down, you know, like keeping my gaze really narrow and fixated on how I look. it also then I like, I start judging, right? I talked about this earlier, like I'm judging myself so harshly, just feeds more judgment for all these, you know, everyone else. And when, for me personally, and I've seen in other people, when I stopped judging myself so much, I truly did stop judging other people so much. And that allowed me to like, get really curious about, well, what, why was I making judgments about people? Why did I think they needed to behave a certain way or look a certain way or do a certain thing? Right. And so it just created a lot more tolerance in the world too. So learning to accept your body, whether you ever end up loving it or not, like that's that would be wonderful. And also that's not necessary. It's not the end point. Like there isn't a goal you have to meet here. It just, it liberates you to do what really matters, to do what cares about you, to look at the systems that are like, I want you to stay small and quiet because as long as you're small and quiet, you aren't going to question what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. And uh, and I wanted, to, I wanted to sort of follow up with... Um, gosh, I hate this. It just disappears. Um, It'll but, come back if it's important. <laughs> but, uh, so, so we kind of know how you started. So what was sort of the first the first pivotal change where you really started to feel the difference? And oh my gosh, I remember the other question, but I'll get to it after, hopefully.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the, the wounds that I had to heal around my body was that i had received like been the recipient of unwanted touch from the first time that happened i was in the fifth grade a a, you know fellow fifth grade boy touched me like you know touched my butt and i was like what the hell just happened right like Mm -hmm. you know you're i'm 10 and i'm like what what's going on here um and it also super confusing because I was like, oh, I kind of like I got some attention. And also that attention feels icky, right? That's
0: oh, yeah. very confusing. For it's sure.
1: so confusing. Um, but that's happened to me multiple times in my life, like, you know, being on the, the dance floor at the club in college mm-hmm. so many times. And the last time that it happened, well, the second to last time that it happened, <laughs> um, I was at a sporting event. My husband was literally right beside me. Um, I had several other of our friends, male friends who were all kind of near me and surround me. So, you know, in, in our, this world, like I would have been safe. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't right. That this man that was behind me still felt like he had the right to grab me. And I, that moment I was, I, you know, I was like, Whoa, what's, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, so that was part of when I began to heal my relationship with my body, that was one of the things I had to heal was like, why does my body attract this unwanted touch? Mm-hmm. Right. Because not only was I angry at the, the men and the boys who felt they had that right to do it. I was angry at my, myself. Like, What am I doing wrong? Okay, okay. Right. Like what, what is it about my body that says, Hey, touch me. Right. And, and I was able to look at that and go, I'm not wrong. Right? Yeah, nothing yeah, is there's, wrong with me
0: I was just thinking that I was like I hope she came to the conclusion that yeah, it wasn't her fault <laughs> I
1: did I 100% I did, you know and rationally I had already been like that wasn't my fault I didn't do anything to cause this but you know in those hard hurtful moments that's not the truth of how I felt right mm-hmm. so that was like the wound that I a wound I needed to heal that was really significantly tied to how I felt about my body mm-hmm. and I, you know, I did. I did the work. I um, journaled love letters to my body. That was um, <laughs> one of the the three ways that I really healed my relationship. And so I would write love notes to different parts of my body. So it would be like, dear butt, you know, dear <laughs> vagina. Like, why do do men think they can touch you? And what is going on? Uh. And having a discourse with that. And so. I had this huge awakening after that. We were like, it was a couple of years after and I had really been writing my love notes and like I was deep in the work. Right. And I got this moment. Um, and it wasn't a pleasant experience. And also I like was celebrating because we were on this camping trip Mm -hmm. and someone that I knew and considered a friend, um, we were all kind of having this celebratory moment, hugged me. And as he hugged me, he grabbed my butt and my wow. daughters were there. And again, my husband was there. His family was there. Our other friends were there. That's bizarre. It was, so, it was wild, right? Like the universe is wild. Um, and how it'll let you practice things. And I froze <laughs> for a moment because I was like, oh my God, this happened again. Like I thought, I was over this. I thought, I feel this. This wasn't going to happen anymore. And I was like, what do I do? And I like took a breath and I just owned my no. I was like, you don't ever get to touch me or any other woman like that. And like, I mean, it was, you know, there's collectively people like, (laughs) Yeah, Everyone around us froze. Like They were like, oh, shit. And it was so empowering for me. Um, and he and I, he immediately was profusely apologizing. Like, I'm sorry. I was just being affectionate. And I'm like, that is cool that you apologize. Thank you. And that's not how you can be affectionate with me or any other woman unless she invites you to be affectionate with her in that way. Right? Like, I just got to own it. And it was so empowering because... My husband got to see me own it because he had really, especially that last time it had happened. There had, you know, he and I had had to work through stuff when it happened because I was so upset. And my daughters, my two daughters, got to see. Well, that's the what that looks like. So that was a moment that I was like, "Oh, I I'm healing my stuff. Right this this is working." That's a that's an incredible
0: moment, and I'm I'm. I'm really happy to hear it because it also ties into like like it it goes beyond just bodily autonomy and also just you know being willing. I think I think and I, I'm sure that men feel this as well, but I know that a lot of women feel very afraid to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in a, you know, in a crowd to be able to do that, especially when it's all peers and, you know, like the, the fear of being told you're overreacting and all of that crap that comes with that kind of stuff. Like that, what a moment. That's amazing. It was.
1: And like I said, it, it wasn't pleasant. And also I am so, so thankful it happened because it not only was a mile marker for me that I was like, oh, cause you know, if you're doing healing work on yourself, you don't always know how it's going, right? Mm-hmm. Until mm-hmm. you're challenged, until there's a test. And I was like, I'm doing this. Like, I am healing this relationship. My body is sacred and no one gets to touch it unless I say so.
0: I love that. I, I love that. Um, and the question I was going to ask before, it did come back. So you were right, um, was that you had mentioned um, you don't have to love your body. And, and so I just wanted, wanted to know if you could touch a little bit on... Like, okay, I'll explain what I mean and then and then it'll be easier for you. Um, <clears throat> so I had a friend, oh, I have so many things I want to ask you. Okay, I had a, um, I had a friend once say to me, he said, just because you're not your own type doesn't mean that you're not someone else's. And, and that was really helpful for me in that moment because I kind of realized that It's almost irrelevant whether or not I'm attracted to my own body. You know, I'm gonna do whatever I'm gonna do with it, regardless of what it looks like, right? So, so that was a, a good moment for me. But then, you know, as as my own journey has gone on, I've started sort of separating the idea of like infatuation with your body and attraction to your body with the idea of loving your body as a, for lack of a better term, vessel that carries you throughout the life, this life. So, can you can you sort of touch on? sort of the difference in your, your relationship to that idea?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, part of, I, I think there's a big awakening going on for a lot of people around body stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We are collectively starting to wake up to body image issues and all of these sorts of things, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there are also some people who, Are latching on to this idea of healing our relationships with our bodies and making that mean that we need to love our bodies Mm -hmm. right and we just don't have to like you know I ideally in my utopia we are all thinking our bodies are amazing and wondrous (laughs) and miraculous and we love them fully and openly and wholeheartedly right and that's just not how it is it's not how it has to be there's I call it the continuum Okay. You know, there, like, you know, body hatred on one side, body love on the other side. And in between, there's a whole Six So spectrum. many other ways, spectrums of being in relationship with your body. You know, maybe put like body neutrality in the middle of that. And mm-hmm. Body neutrality is really like uh, kind of what you were saying. Like, I have a human body. This is a, something human bodies do. Mm-hmm. Right? I have a human body because I am a vessel to be walking around, living an experience on this earth. Um, You know, and the path that we take from, you know, on this continuum is super windy. Like we don't go in a straight shot from (laughs) I don't like my body to I love my body. Mm -hmm. We don't do that, right? And even for someone like me who I do love my body, like I can say that really genuinely now, Mm -hmm. there are absolutely moments or days that I'm still like body, like what's going on here? (laughs) This is not working for me. Um, we're always, you know, it's a windy path and we slide this direction and we slide this direction and we take the curves and the bends in our relationships with our bodies, just like we do with all relationships. So you were kind of asking me about like being, you know, being infatuated with your body or, um, really, like I think about that more, are you thinking like more in like a romantic sense of? Well, I guess, okay. So I guess what I mean, and, and it's
0: kind of, it's so hard to explain, but okay. So like there's, there's a, there's a very big movement right now um, for what people are calling body positivity. Mm -hmm. And, and the idea is, or at least from, from what I see, and, and of course I am just a human, you know, and humans get a human, I could be seeing it wrong, but from what I see, it seems to be an obsession with um, pushing attraction where it might not be there, um, both from the outside as well as internally. And, and I, fi- I find it really strange because it's a weird thing to prioritize to me. It seems, I guess to me, it seems that we're we're just flipping the script on the exact same story where, you know, we're still obsessing over the aesthetic, we're still prioritizing the aesthetic over the function. And, and so, like, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong. Obviously, there's a lot of people who find a lot of different body types beautiful. But it's strange to me that this is being lauded as some kind of very progressive movement in the right direction when it's just really, we're just changing the, or to me, it seems, I, again, I want to be very clear that I'm just a you know, person observing, yeah. but to me it seems like we're just kind of just changing the metric that we measure it by. Like instead of it being ultra thin, now it's bigger women that are, that are being, glorified as having the peak body type. And there's nothing wrong with bigger women. I'm not at all trying, I'm a bigger woman, you know? Um, but but it's strange to me. And, and, and so like that versus love of your body for the function, I guess, is what I'm asking you.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it really is a whole spectrum and it's such an individual journey, mm-hmm. right? And so I think for some people that they're like, and, and, and maybe that kind of sounds like you're like, you're like, that doesn't make sense to me. The way that I would heal my relationship would not be to then find it glorious in a bikini on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not going to be how you do it. Like, it, it is more a, a neutral position, right? That this is a human body that I, it does things for me. It keeps me alive. It has, gives me human experiences and and appreciating what your body does you know, for you and with you versus how it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, so the body positive movement started really historically, I think with um, larger women of color. Okay. Choosing to reclaim what beautiful was. Okay. Right? And, okay. To, and to say like, I get to, be, you, you had this standard made up narrow beauty ideals Mm-hmm. Right. That have told me I'm not beautiful. And you don't get to tell me that anymore. Okay. I okay. get to reclaim. I am beautiful. Fair. And, and okay. I get to own that. Um, and so, I mean, and so that has been super empowering. And so I think some body positive influencers, that's very much where they're coming from. It's not a, they, they're not turning that lens to be objectifying their bodies. They're saying I'm reclaiming myself you know and the I define the beauty. Totally makes sense and I'm glad that I asked you. Yeah, and I and but also, right? As does happen and more people see the popularity of body positivity and they have their own relationships with their bodies and things to work through and also because people tend to co-opt movements, mm-hmm. right? It Absolutely. Definitely is making a shift to Putting the lens on, well, what you know, what do we look like? Um, And again, that kind of idea of that toxic positivity of I have to love my body, and that means I have to put my body in a bikini and get on the beach and take a picture of it and post it. Yeah, right. And that I don't think was ever the intention of the body positivity movement. In fact, I would point people to you know influencers like um, Sonya Renee Taylor. Who okay. wrote The Body Is Not an Apology? Okay. Um, she is a force and is so powerful and has so much to say about radical self love. Okay. Right. Um, and so when I think of body positivity, like she's like a pioneer, like that's someone I'm looking at more so than someone who is only ever talking about how they look.
0: The aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. So the aesthetic.
1: Sonia so, yeah. Marie
0: Taylor. Sonia Renee Taylor Renee Taylor okay yeah. i and wish i had a pen and paper but
1: i don't so yeah uh, i can i'll email i'll email okay. it to you and okay, she perfect. just <laughs> she just published a revised like a revised and updated version of her book called the body is not an apology and she has a whole movement and a patreon and um i think she has a course too that she offers but just doing really amazing stuff so like that's who i look to like who are the people who started this movement and what were they really trying to teach us and share with us? Um, versus just people who want to to say, hey, I love my body, even though it's a larger body, right? Which is really mm-hmm. said wonderful and great, but that's not quite the same thing as just loving and accepting your body.
0: Yeah, no, and that totally makes sense. And and yeah. I'm like I said, I'm glad I asked the question because you know, I'm not. I definitely am not wanting to be, you know, judgmental of different things. And and I honestly, yeah. like, like, um, this is going to sound a little maybe weird TMI, but like I'm bisexual and I find bigger women incredibly beautiful and have for a long time. So, so it's, you know, it's not even that, that it, like was the issues that I like secretly hate, you know, bigger women or something. It was no. just, it was just confusion, but that totally. Well,
1: it, but, um, it's the Beauty Redefined, the Kite Sisters. I just wrote a book called More Than a Body. And their whole body of work is around the idea of self-objectification. And they do talk about that, right? Like, learning to be in a relationship with your body, really, like, how you look is not the most important thing about you. In fact, it's one of the least important things about you. And also the thing you can't control the most. Right. And so, so yes. So the focus... I mean, putting a positive focus on how we look is great and can be very empowering for someone mm-hmm. trying to heal their relationship. And also sometimes can be just as toxic as the person who was always hating on their body. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, okay. that's a totally great, yeah, sense. that's a great point to bring up.
0: Um, yeah. And, and like I said, I've just, I've been watching the whole thing and I've got, like, I've, I've, like I said earlier, I've really struggled with my own body um, in a lot of different ways. And I mean, especially, and I actually, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because you, you know, you do focus a lot on function and, and uh, stuff like that is when your body malfunctions, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
0: and, and addressing the frustrations and the anger and stuff like that. And I mean, of course, I'd rather have a body than nobody, but sometimes, (laughs) sometimes, you know, when my hands are swollen up or I can't get out of bed and and I just, I get mad at my body. Yeah. And I really have no idea where to even start with those those feelings and that healing that part of the relationship.
1: Yeah. Oh man, like you are so like right there because you're the sure your awareness of, of the feelings is like awareness is always like that first piece of it. Um, yeah, because it feels like betrayal, right? You're yeah. not like, you're supposed to be here for me to help me thrive in this life. And you're like messing up. You know yeah. it, it, it is it's infuriating and um, the two emotions that um, I think tend to come up most when we think about our bodies and if they're not performing in a way that we want them to that whether that's through illness or injury or you know something just completely out of our control an accident or what have you, it's anger, right? And it's grief. And often it's both.
0: Well, you dude, know, they're the
1: ain't, bitch, though. It, they're both <laughs> a real bitch. Right? <laughs> um, but it's, so what I teach people is you just, first you have to let it, like acknowledge it. Let it be okay to be angry with your body. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I've talked about, like I was writing these love notes to my body and love notes is probably a misnomer because a lot of my notes were like hate notes. Right or they were angry oh. notes. Um, like I ended up with my first pregnancy on bed rest because my cervix just started opening for no reason. Oh. I went into like labor at like 19 weeks, and it it was it was a hard pregnancy. My daughter was born. She was wonderful and fantastic and, a, you know, a little baby miracle and she's all of that. Um, so it was a happy ending. But, like, I, like, was furious with my body mm-hmm. throughout that pregnancy because I was like, I'm supposed to be, like, glowing and radiant and having this baby. And I'm laying here in this bed because you keep effing up, <laughs> yes. right? Yes, um, And I know people live, you know, you talked about, you have fibromyalgia, like we have these chronic illnesses. And so it is infuriating. It's not fair. And so the first step is just acknowledging that, like Mm -hmm. having some honest discourse with yourself, with your body, acknowledging how angry you are, Mm -hmm. right? Just let yourself be angry. And I love to offer people, you know, ways you can sort of transmute your anger, like, okay. because you can't hold right. Like holding all of that anger just feels also terrible,
0: mm-hmm. and right? and also hurts your body. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. It's, so
1: it's just this, this like perpetual cycle of ick. So you like, find ways to be angry. Let yourself be fully angry, and then when you're like, okay, I'm ready to not be quite so angry anymore. Find ways to move the anger out of you. And so one of my all time favorites is to like, get like the rage music, <laughs> but like, the, you know, whatever your rage music is, cause that's different for everybody, um, but turn it on really loud. And if you are a dancer or if you like to move, like let yourself move to that music um, or like, get in your car you know, make sure the windows are all up and turn the music on really loud and just scream.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that, scream. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you've
1: ever seen, um, there's a show on Netflix called Dead to Me. Oh, no, I have One of the main characters is, is a widow and she is grieving and, but she's so freaking angry. And that's what she does. And I'm like, that's so brilliant. Like let, like, that's a way to like really physically let the rage go. Mm-hmm. um another um i'll tell you two my two favorites so another one that was really powerful is there are places in the u.s and you could probably make your own and it would be a pain in the butt but if you can ever find one i would recommend going they're called rage rooms oh and i was able to go to one and it was literally like a room made of cinder blocks And they provided me with all these breakable, like just glass bottles and old dishes. And they had like a crash test dummy and a hanging, like a punching bag in there. And they had like golf clubs and bats. And they gave me like 45 minutes to blare my rage music and break stuff. And beat on stuff. And it was one of the most cathartic experiences of my life because I was just, I let it all out and I let it out in a safe way. So I wasn't hurting anyone else. I wasn't keeping it all stuffed down inside anymore. Um, and it just felt so good to let Mm -hmm. it go. Um, and then the third thing that I love is something you can kind of do anywhere. I learned from Tosha Silver, who is this great woman who teaches a lot about like living with an outrageous openness. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is the coconut. So you buy a coconut, like just the little brown, hairy coconut. Yeah. And, you know, hang on to it. You can talk to it or write the coconut a note or whatever you want. And just really like take the thing that you're feeling so angry about or the part of your body you're so angry about. And like, just imagine like it going, you know, visualize it inside that coconut. Mm -hmm. Go out, you know, onto the sidewalk or the road or the side of a brick building, and you just throw the coconut and like smash it. And it's so satisfying. <laughs> it breaks into all these pieces. And it, sometimes you get a bigger piece and you can pick that up and you break know, it like, more. <laughs> break it more. And you're like, ah. So those are great ways to to just let the, the anger go a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not a one and done. No sort of thing, right? And it, it it it's layers and if you have a flare up it might just come crashing back down in ways you thought, you know, I thought I'd work through this. I'm... but yeah, just let yourself be angry about it. That and, totally and makes sense. Yeah. Oh sorry, I, I didn't mean it. I count. know that's like let yourself be angry and then and don't be in a rush to go like, oh I've got to get rid of this anger. Like you'll know when you're like, I don't want to hold this anymore.
0: That totally makes sense. And I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Because like I said, yeah,
0: I get, I get really angry. And like, one of the, one of the things that happens a lot to me too, is that I get very like, and it's, it's a holdout from a previous life. um, But I get very like, poor me. You know, mm-hmm. very like very fucking Eeyore. like yeah. oh no, I guess I'm gonna have to build it again. You know, and yeah, <laughs> but I mean, of course, I I move through those those moments and stuff like that. But it's uh, I, I'm sure because I feel it. I'm sure that other people do as well. So I always try to, you know, use my vulnerabilities. So. Yeah,
1: okay. it, well, it's really easy to feel like you know, kind of like it's just so, so unfair, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it is and it is freaking unfair. Um. And so, like I said, it's enraging and it's heartbreaking. And so, letting yourself be enraged and heartbroken, just let yourself right? feel it and let it, and, and it, you know, and then work also on, um, on like forgiveness, self forgiveness, right? So, you're so, cause that's what, ha- you know, honestly, we, we want to heal and we want to forgive the parts of ourselves that aren't functioning the way that we want them to Mm -hmm. because we've got to make some peace and like forgiveness work is hard it's so hard and it is also like incredibly powerful to do but again it's it's inches and layers and and so
0: well that makes sense and I uh yeah. So, so, okay. I have more questions though. Yeah, go <laughs> okay. for it. It's, it's kind of my whole thing. Um, so uh, so we know how you got there and we know parts of it. So what would you say in your particular journey has been the most surprisingly valuable tool? Like something that you never really thought would be useful to you in any way. And yet you find that you lean on it a lot.
1: Oh, this is one I love. And it is self-touch. That is not sexual in nature. Okay. I mean, it certainly could be if you want to to take it to that place, but it is literally being the support and love and gentleness for yourself. And it's been so good during the pandemic when so many of us too are alone. Yeah. Right. Um, You know, just literally wrap your hands, you know, take yourself, Wrap your hands around your body and give yourself a hug.
0: Oh, that does feel good. <laughs> it
1: feels so good. Or if if something does ache or hurt, um, so my knees, um, are I've had four knee surgeries. That you know I have issues with my knees, and so sometimes they just hurt. And I literally will just take my hands and just like rub them. Mm-hmm. You know, just a little gentle massage, like nothing big. Just rub them. Um, and one of my favorite ways to do this too is. Oh, it's so incredible. Um, just take your hands and just gently hold your face. Oh, yeah, you can so close comforting. your eyes. Oh, my goodness. Take a deep <laughs> breath.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay, that is surprisingly comforting. And it's so funny. I haven't done that since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing, too, is that I think that kids naturally know this stuff they like you watch kids and kids are so weird but 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 it's but it's this fantastic thing because they're weird because they're not inundated with the the chains that society puts on us
1: yes yeah Um, exactly like yeah babies are constantly exploring their bodies and touching and feeling and like spending you know joy on their you know like when they discover their toes right? Like it brings joy to you watching them. They're in joyful bliss. Right. And so like, like getting a little ways to find that again. Right. Obviously like sucking on your toes would be weird as an adult, but, like, <laughs> but you, but you know, but little ways that you can just, be. or even like, mm-hmm. if I am really in like stressed out and I'm in public, Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like not in a place where I can maybe go and have a good cry or throw a coconut. Like, you know, like like a hand on my heart, just a hand on my heart and a breath until I can get somewhere that I can go do what I need to do to take care of myself. Um, that's a, uh,
0: oh, that I, I completely forgot my next question again, because I was so immersed in, which I think is a good thing. You know, it's good yeah, that I forget yeah. all my questions because I get immersed in what my, because yeah. well, you're connecting
1: thing. with yourself. You're <laughs> connecting with your body. And oh, I love that okay. practice because it's so, it's with you always, right? It's an mm-hmm. easy go-to. Well, and, and
0: so that was, I remembered the question. I just remembered it. Um, Thank goodness my brain is doing so good today. Um, I, uh, I was just wondering if when you are doing the self-touch, you know, the, the, the hugs and all of that stuff, are you pairing that with an internal like monologue or are you just letting, like just being while you do it?
1: It depends. Sometimes I just let myself be, especially if I'm tired. Like if I just like in needing, like, I am so freaking done. I just need a rest, right? I need mm-hmm. a break. I don't try and do anything. And sometimes I do have um like a mantra that I will just- Mantra is a better word than say. monologue. <laughs> oh, or, no, I mean, but it, but it is. It's the internal monologue. It's resetting the nasty gram narrative. So like I was talking about, um, like, you know, my knees are hurting. I had kind of re-injured them. I had a little minor injury with them last summer. And my nasty gram narrative cranked up and it was like, you're such a loser. I can't believe you're hurt again. You're a bother to everyone that you're around right now because you're slowing things down. Blah, blah, blah. Like Mm -hmm. all these hateful things. Been there, yeah. And then I was like, and, you know, thankfully, I catch myself so much faster now. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that thing again where (laughs) I beat myself up. So I'm going to stop now because that's a lie. Mm -hmm. And... In that moment, because my nasty gram narrative was so rubbed up, I had to replace it with a mantra, right? Okay. And, and so my mantra was like, there is no rush. It's okay that you're hurt. I'm going to take care of you.
0: Oh, I love you know? that. Especially, especially the last piece, because yeah. that's the thing that I think that we forget a lot and maybe it's because we're taught to, but you know, like I feel like a lot of us are wandering around going, I wish someone would take care of me. And then we're spending a lot of energy taking care of other people and forgetting that like, Oh, Hey, we're pretty good candidates for that. Yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) Especially because we understand so much like, well, and actually I guess that's, that's going to be my final question before we move on to our wonderful game is um, when, like, how, What? what is the, in your opinion, what is a way that people can start to listen? Because I feel like, like for someone like me, you know, I spent probably 20 years, not including being a kid and not including the last part of my adulthood so far, learning how to ignore my body, learning how to shut out the messages, learning how to like, you know, be like, I don't want to hear it. And I'm not really even sure how I started to get it back. I think mostly through meditation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what what can people do?
1: So these are my three go tos. One, well, I actually already taught you one. One is the self touch. Right. It mm-hmm. is that is an instant way to connect with your body again. Mm-hmm. Is to even remember you have a body, right? Because some of us like we're neck up. Mm-hmm. It's like body who? Body what? Yeah. You know, it's just, just like literally lay your hands on your body somewhere. You know, just and take a breath. Um, that is number one, a go-to for me. Um, number two is to grab a journal and Mm -hmm. to start talking to your body, right? Or if you're not a journaler, you could just have conversation, right? You could just Mm -hmm. have it out loud. Um, but I really find journaling and writing to be so helpful for a lot of people, um, myself included. That's so much how I process you know, kind of what's going on and start writing notes to your body or to a part of your body that you want to heal whatever wound is going on there, whether that's a physical wound or more emotional wound. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I?
0: Yeah. I was going to say, so when you do that, do you, um, do you write it like frequently, like the same body part, like, or do you just kind of write it one and done?
1: Like, how does that Look, let that be whatever you need it to be. Okay. So, like okay. so when I started my journaling practice, some like and I would do it most days and I it was like less than 5 minutes. Like this is not again an intensive thing that you have to do. Um you know, I would just kind of let my intuition guide me. So what do I want? What do I want to who do I want to write to today? And so sometimes it would be like dear eyes right? It was really easy. And I would write this lovely little grateful note to my eyes, Um, but like talking about my knees or my cervix, like they got probably 27.99 notes because there was a lot to work out, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? It it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, every day until I'd worked it out, like, you know, on Tuesday I would write to my knees. And then again, on Friday, I would write to my knees. Um, Mm -hmm. I just let it, It'd be an intuitive, what do I need right now in this moment?
0: That makes sense.
1: You know, and it was, sometimes there was like a week where I was writing to the same part. Mm -hmm. Right. And some of my notes turned into very long letters and (laughs) that was, you know, there, I let it be kind of a no, no rules journaling practice other than I was committed to being curious, and figuring out what was going on with this relationship with my body. Okay. Um, so that would that would be number two. Would be to get a journal and start, you know, even as simple as you know, dear feet, thank you for walking me around, or you know, dear feet, I think you look weird. Why do you look so weird? Or you know, <laughs> okay. Broken toe, I'm really pissed off that you're broken and I don't get to go play kickball this week or, you know, like whatever is coming up for you in relation to your body or your body's parts, let it be and work, you know, work from there. Process. Um, Yeah. And I always will say, I do want to put one little caveat on this So Sometimes stuff comes up that is more than you can heal on your own. And so please, 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 if you are listening and that is your experience, like please seek help, whether that is with a best friend or professional therapist or even a hotline or, um, I have on my website, a list of resources. Like if you need a helping hand, please, please, please take it because like, this is tender work. Mm -hmm. Um, but so that was, so, you know, number one is the, the self-touch number two is start a journaling practice where you talk to your body. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is find some sort of movement that feels really good and do that movement because it feels good. Don't do that movement to exercise. Don't do that movement to like lose weight or just do it because it feels good. And it can be as simple as like, um, I talked to someone, and she talked about like in the mornings, like she spends time doing this luxurious stretch before she gets out of bed. And I'm like, that's perfect. <laughs> you know, it can be much more involved. I have a movement practice I'm actually um, about to complete teacher training for called Wild Soul Movement. Okay. And it's a gentle movement practice, much more work in than work out. And it was like this sacred container where I could practice moving my body in ways that felt really nourishing and wonderful and I didn't have to worry about how I looked while I was doing them or was I in the right form or whatever Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. that wasn't the purpose of it it was just to connect with my body um and so for me that was rocket fuel you know some people though it's running or for some people who like their bodies aren't going to allow them to, to go out and be super physical. Like maybe it's a chair, like sit in your chair and like do a little song, put a song on and do a little sway. Right? Mm-hmm. Like wherever you are, find, if you have the capability, find some way to move that feels good. And do it just because it feels good. That, uh
0: that is very good advice, and I wanted to say just uh, just a side note. I had another girl whose name was also Nicole come on, and she was talking about um, she's actually talking about like sexual freedom and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about looking at your uh, your vulva and how few of us, like how many of us, um, women especially, especially because you know we're innies, um, so it's not so easy to just look down and see. Yeah, uh, just completely ignore that part of our body and pretend it doesn't <laughs> exist until it's relevant, and uh. And I just, as you were talking, I was reminded of that. And I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So as um, a young woman that I knew was nearing adolescence, um, this is a young woman I'm very close to, but it was nearing adolescence. And I wanted to make sure, you know, she's understanding her body. I actually bought her a small mirror and said, check it out. <laughs> see what it looks like down here,
0: right? Well, yeah, because like most of us only really know it by, like, not to be weird, but like by feel. By feel, right. right. Um,
1: so, like, get to know it, see what's happening.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So, I you have so much, like, a wealth of knowledge. And I imagine that your book contains a lot of this information in more detail. And
1: well, and the, so the book, does, so the book really is about just sharing my journey. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there's there there are two. There are actually three books. There's two, and there's actually three. So Love Notes to My Body is a gorgeously whimsically illustrated collection of love notes to my body's parts that are full of gratitude and wonder and appreciation for this miracle body that I get to walk around the earth in. Mm-hmm. Um and like I said, some of my love notes got really long. So Love Letters to My Body is an essay collection. Okay. Um, a collection of of love letters to various body parts where I worked on healing the wounds that I, you know, excavated in this in this practice um, that went beyond just kind of physical things. Um, and then there's a guided journal. So Ooh. my books are like my invitation, like, you know. People often say, "Like my story is not your story," but but, they but this see is what
0: this is what mine looked like, and and maybe there's use use for other people in it.
1: Yes, and like with the illustrations and love notes to my body, the illustrator and I made a point to include all different kinds of bodies, mm-hmm. various skin tones and shapes and sizes and things like that, right? Because we wanted it to be an inclusive. You can see yourself in there. Mm-hmm. Um, So the books aren't really my how-tos. I have a course, like I said, that I taught. Um, It's closed now um, and I'll be reopening it with um, kind of revamping the structure in the fall um, where I do dive into deep dives into the how-tos and digging into the feelings and all that good stuff.
0: So where can people find all of this stuff? Because I think people are going to want to hear more from you, Nicole. I
1: hope so. Thank you. Yes. So my website is my home on the wide webs. And it's just <laughs> my name, NicoleCayers.com. And if you land yourself there, then you will find all the things except that Helping Hands resource, links to the books, wherever you like to get books. And also you can sign up for the wait list for when the course opens again and things like that.
0: So is the course uh, is the course remote?
1: Yes. Nice.
0: Nice. Okay. So anybody can, I was just wanted to make sure so that we have all the information. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's so fantastic. So are you ready to play a game?
1: Oh, let's do it.
0: All right. So, oh, it's closed. Okay. Let me open it again. Oh, I'm so mad at this. Um, we are going to be guessing Gen Z slang. Ooh. And just because for anyone who's not in the know, she is linguistically, um, what's the opposite of challenged? See, you're the linguist. I know.
1: I said I was a word nerd.
0: So. Okay. Yeah. Linguistically <laughs> talented, a word nerd. And so I figure I'll do the Gen Z slang because maybe, maybe we'll, oh, I think maybe we'll get trip me. her up. I'm
1: pretty sure you will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so much fun for me, especially because like I rarely am the one who has to do the guessing and then... okay so what does it mean when someone says the word bop
1: uh well the first thing that came to my mind was like the old frogger arcade game where you would like bop the frogs
0: oh oh like um whack-a-mole
1: yeah whack-a-mole yeah Um, that was the first thing and then i thought of like bebop so like dancing so those are my two guesses
0: (laughs) it is a really good song or beat so all if right. I were like, oh, shit, this song's a bop, that would all mean right. that it's a... So
1: that kind of goes with the bebop, like...
0: Yeah, yeah, it's... The, 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 it's all
1: right. You get half
0: points, even though there's no points. Oh, I'll take a half point. <laughs> okay, what does it mean when someone says cap or no cap?
1: Oh, that means you're lying.
0: Yeah, or not lying. Yeah, yeah. Or so not full lying.
1: points. Yes. Full points. <laughs> I need that.
0: Okay, so what does... Oh, goodness, okay. Uh, oh, this one you'll know for sure, ghosted.
1: Oh, it's when someone disappears on you. Um, I think it started in online dating, but it's transferred to all life. Real- they, they just they just never get back in touch. They'll leave yeah. you hanging. Yeah, they just disappear, and
0: yeah, it's which totally is the never freaking worst. I'm um, just kidding. It's what I talked about in my first ever episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: what does it mean to say pressed? You're pressed. Um, are you I don't know, is it impressed? Like you're
0: no, almost the opposite. Almost the opposite. It means um to be mad or upset about something. Oh. So if I were like, oh yeah, I'm not pressed about it, that would mean I'm not worried about it. I feel okay. like these words are a lot easier to understand in context, so I try my best to not give any context. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um okay, what does it mean to say slaps?
1: Slaps? Yeah. <laughs> I was having like middle images. i be like, I have no idea.
0: Um, yeah, later. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say it's similar to um, say something is a bop.
1: Oh, okay.
0: It's uh, it's so so it means. Tell me just, how I would say it so I can like okay. surprise my kids. Uh, you would say this song's a, ba- a bop. It really slaps, or like that song slaps. You know, oh. it just means like it's good. It's good. <laughs> I'm very clearly
1: not a Gen Z. Uh, oh, this is cracking me up. I just have such a mental image with that slaps that It's probably not important. Um, I'm not okay. going to share. <laughs>
0: I'll do it's two more. I'll do two more. Um. Okay. Oh, I lost. Okay. What's Stan?
1: Oh, I stand that. That means you like that. Like you think that's a great thing.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it means you're a fan of something and uh, particularly a fanatic fan. Um. And do you do you know where it comes from? Cuz I find no it so weird clue. that it comes from there. Eminem song stand, which is super weird that Gen Z has started using it because Eminem like <laughs> they weren't even like
1: <laughs> but that's... it's classic rap. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, and then the final one, which I imagine you'll know, but it's one of my favorites, oh. is yeet.
1: Oh. Like does that it's something like to do with like throw or something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Is
0: Okay. Is, so like to yeet something is to throw it. Um to get yeeted is to be thrown out.
1: Yes. Um,
0: so like I got yeeted from the game would mean I was thrown out from the game. Yes. I do um, know that. <laughs> All right. So you did fantastic. I
1: did. I it was better than I expected to be. I'm gonna be honest. I, <laughs> I got slaps though. Bottom
0: Yeah. The song's a bop. It slaps so hard.
1: Oh yeah. Um, And so I'm going to use that tonight at the dinner table and my daughters are going to, I'm going to get at least two eye rolls. Yeah. They're going to be
0: horrified. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much, Nicole. Is there anything you wanted to add before I say goodbye to the audience?
1: (sighs) I'll just say thank you so much um, for sharing your audience with me you asked such good questions I talked about things with you that I haven't shared um because you really dug into more of the of whys and hows and things so thank you for that and I just always remind folks like wherever you are in your relationship with your body it's okay right it's okay there's there's no rush to to heal it or any of that it'll you're, do, you're on the right path. There's no rush.
0: That's fantastic. And i uh, oh, that's something that I needed to hear. So I'm glad that you ended with that. Because uh, sometimes I get frustrated, like, yeah, podcast about happiness, and yet you're like sad. Uh, yeah, but it's part of the journey. Yeah, humans get human. That's like my favorite saying lately. I've been saying that so much. Uh,
1: yeah, it is. It's a good reminder. And,
0: uh, but thank you very, very much, Nicole. its It's been so much fun. And I don't know how much of the video will go up, but you, I love the butterfly thing on your wall. Ah, so thank, you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. And to my audience, I love you. Bye. Thank you.